Transitioning into the final four of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the world championships are complete. We are making our way through a somewhat traditional-like spring, summer, still a little bit behind the schedule in the uh, hockey calendar, but uh, still uh, progress being made and some great goaltending performances uh, coming up uh, to talk about. Uh, we will also chat about the CCM EFLEX 5.9 line in our gear segment, and we will chat with Dusty Emu, who makes in goal radio history today with his uh, third appearance on the podcast. Uh, that feature interview is brought to you by Sense Arena VR, the podcast uh, presented by the Hockey Shop Source for Sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com, as we bring in David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley. And things are, are rocking and rolling over at the Hockey Shop, Woody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the new gear that's coming in, we've been going over all the new lines, whether it's the new Bauer Hyperlite 3X. The sticks, the chest protector, CCM with the Eflex 5 line, their new chest protector, stick coming in July. Um, we went over the 5.9 line, and now this week, the 5.9 Source for Sports exclusive with features you can only get from them. Um, but you know what? Coming up, Father's Day is only a couple weeks away. So as much as goalies were always like, oh, what do I need? What do I need? Let me get their latest and greatest. Sometimes you got to think about dad who's taking care of you for all these years. Keep your ears, eyes, whatever on our social media. And next week's podcast, we'll have a Father's Day special coming. Probably, probably launch it before we get to the next edition. Don't quite have it ready for this week's edition, but we've got a special offer coming from the Hockey Shop exclusive for Father's Day. So make sure you set aside. If you're looking for a gift for dad, you're struggling what to get him, uh, we've got something coming from them. We'll have uh, a special offer there that will kind of, doesn't matter what gear he needs, this will be able to help you out and a really good discount coming from our friends at the Hockey Shop and thehockeyshop.com. So whether it's gear for yourself, gift ideas for dad, uh, you can check them out at thehockeyshop.com or like I said, in the next week, stay tuned and we'll give you a special offer so you can actually get that a gift. You don't even have to tell them that you saved all this money. That's outstanding. Build the anticipation too. And uh, and that uh, five point line, uh, nine, 5.9 line from the CCM uh, and the EFLEX uh, uh, line is is awesome because it's that source for sports exclusive uh, setup. So it's uh, like uh, 5.9, but a step up. Plus. And uh, yeah, plus. Uh, all kinds of different things in it. So you want to stick around for the uh, gear segment with Cam. Uh, and we also have uh, some stuff happening over on the on the website. Lots going on over at Ingle Mag Hutch. We got a lot going on, but uh, hey, Father's Day, guys. Mm -hmm. One of the best gifts you could get your father, if he's a goaltender, would be a membership at Ingle Premium. So if you head over to Ingle, you'll find multiple links on there where you can give a gift membership. And then on Father's Day, He'll get a really nice note from you, and uh, and it's one of those gifts that just keeps giving because he can enjoy the content uh, for the entire year. There's over 400 pieces up there right now that he'd immediately get access to, and then another full year. And this is you know chances to sit down with NHL goaltenders and learn from them. Um, I got another one though. Like if you're a goaltender, you could get the membership for your father, and just say, hey, this is something we can enjoy together. Oh. So, you know, I, I like giving gifts like that. So, yeah. Um, so great opportunity. But yeah, lots going over on the website. First thing I just want to say is just thank you. Um, all the people who are listening to this show, who are members over at InGoal, it's been an incredible journey. And, and I'm reminded of that, guys, every time we get an email from somebody. 
and it happens quite frequently. Um, got one yesterday from from Sweden with a question for a 13 year old goaltender, and and uh, we don't just say thanks. I actually went out and got some answers from Pete Fry and Maria Mountain about these questions that are sent our way. We always try and do our best to to get back to you. Um, also, want to give a shout out to uh, Kyle Laternus, who is in Alanda, Saskatchewan, just down the road from where Braden Holtby grew up. Uh, he's a goaltender, and he had some questions about the Bauer pads after listening to one of the reviews. Got back to him with some answers. He since sent me a picture of his beautiful all-black ultrasonics that he purchased as a result. Um, but I was curious because, guys, quite often we get in these notes. Uh, I listen to it with my son or my daughter in the car on the way to the rink, or I'm listening every time I go for a run. And uh, so, so I said, Kyle, where are you listening? He said, actually... Um, when I'm out in the field doing my my work, sitting in the tractor, not the combine yet, Darren, you made that clear to me that it's too early for that. Um, and I said, I'd love to, I just love to see. So he sent me a little video sitting in the tractor as he's about to head out seeding the canola. And uh, it was just awesome. I love hearing from all these folks. So if what wherever you are, whoever you're listening to, uh, send us a note, podcast at ingolmag.com. And uh, there's a good chance we'll get back to you pretty quick. And, and who knows, maybe you get a shout out like, uh, like Kyle. What kind of tractor was it? Green or red? Uh, big. Yeah, it was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those tractors there are awesome. Have you ever tractor. been in a tractor? Ever, ever, ever done uh, any, any tractoring, like uh, field work? I would work? love to. No, I would love to. We had a billet who was also a farmer from Ontario yeah. and... And heard great stories about what the technology is like. I just, I just love it. Yeah, I just love it. So I would, I would love to. So maybe when we're on our road trip, uh, one of the listeners out there will take us out in the field and show us what their their life is like because it's uh, impressive work you're all doing. It's funny you got this big field, but you sit in the uh, the cabin of that thing, and it's still intimidating. You're like, because yeah. it's a massive piece of machinery, and and they can navigate it. Uh, uh, so big uh, stick tap and uh, hat tap uh, to to the farmers out there. And uh, there's there's no better time than uh, than sitting in the tractor and and, and listening to to the podcast, uh, Ingle Radio, the podcast, and uh, getting all these kinds of tips and information, and uh, listening to the feature interviews uh, brought to you by Sense Arena. Uh, it's uh, it's awesome, uh, and the feedback keep it coming. I love it when you forward the feedback to to me when i get it and just uh, to know that there there's people it's always nice just to know people are listening yeah it sure is and and even you know when we're back in the rinks it's fun when people come up and just tell us uh that they're listeners and and how much they enjoy it it's uh it's great and you know the other thing guys is, is quite often it's oh i just finished episode 67 i'm like guys mm. we're on we're on 122 well well if you found out about the podcast uh, a little after this journey started, you've got a back catalog of 122 episodes to listen to. That's uh, I think that would take you a good eight days of nonstop seating on your field to get through all those episodes. So busy time of year. There's lots of stuff to listen to. Yeah, well, the seating and harvest time, you can roll through them pretty, pretty fast. Uh, I, I'd like to see Woody in a in a combine or a tractor. Boys, boys, boys. They barely let me operate a motor vehicle here. <laughs> Do you imagine the damage he would do, like just getting from one field to the next if he had to go on a on a road? Like it would be there would be no road signs signs left uh, on that piece of uh, transportation. Couldn't you route. just see him cursing? Why do they make these roads so, so narrow? narrow? Don't they think of us yeah. farmers when we <laughs> yeah. have to get from field to field. This is ridiculous. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be him uh, to a T. Um, we also uh, want to talk about the World Championships. Uh, the goalie-led Team Canada comes back with the gold. Uh, how about Roberto Luongo putting the club together along with Shane Doan and then uh, going with uh, like a tandem from the Arizona Coyotes, which was cool, and and bringing home uh, the championship under the tutelage of Gerard Glant. Well, yeah, first, so first off, shout out to um, Darcy Kemper did a hell of a job winning the gold medal. Aiden Hill got into a game, but don't forget Michael DiPietro. Uh, who, along with Aiden Hill, were both on the podcast. So I guess they got the little bit of the Ingle bump heading over there. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we can get Darcy to sort of complete the the trio. Uh, so shout out to them. N- nice job on the gold medal win. But also, like you said, Roberto Luongo, sort of first first role as general manager of, of Hockey Canada's entry uh, into that tournament. And obviously a weird year for everyone, not just Canada, in terms of the players, you know, maybe the, the pool not being the same as it normally would. Uh, and some early struggles for Canada, 0-3 and, and hearing a lot of criticism, but nice bounce back to sort of, I mean, they, they backed their way into the medal round, right? Like they, they re- if I think there was a game that went into the third period, it might have been Germany-Latvia with Germany up 2-1. It one. was. If Latvia had tied that game in the third period, Canada doesn't even play the medal round. But they get in, they get some momentum going, they beat Russia, they beat Finland in the gold medal, kudos to them. And I can tell you, as far as Roberto Luongo being the general manager, like I don't think... Any of us who know him are surprised or like like the he's going to have success in management now that he's transitioning over to that, like sort of learning the ropes like a Steve Eiserman did in different roles within the Florida Panthers organization, getting to be a GM of this team with Canada. And I can tell you firsthand, like firsthand knowledge of how good he's going to be, not just because of how much he thinks the game, but, you know, how much work he does, how passionate he is about it. But just the amount of times he's absolutely kicked my ass and a lot of people's asses at fantasy football. Um, if anybody can put together a roster, it's this guy. There was a lot of emphasis on Andrew Mejapani's uh, arrival uh, for Team Canada and turning the the tournament around. I, I think that coincided with Luongo's uh arrival in Latvia too, wasn't it? Well, he, he went over after the first round. So after the Panthers right. were out of the yeah. first round, so it would have been around a similar time. So yeah, I mean, we're just going to give Lou all the credit. And I'm joking, yeah. I'm joking about the fantasy. People think I'm joking about the fantasy football. Like there was one year in the final year of his career where, and if you've ever, like if you've never played, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? If you've ever played, mm-hmm. you know how much work goes into it. And at one point towards the end of his career, he was in 12 or 13 different leagues. Really? I can barely keep track of two. He yeah. was in 12 or 13, and he won like eight or nine of them. Like, that's unheard of. And there's a lot of moving parts and looking ahead to sort of future weeks. And yeah, no, it's not. Waiver wires, yeah. yeah. It's not the same as being a general manager of a hockey team. I'm not trying to equate the two directly. But there's a certain mindset and critical thinking that goes into to and forecasting and analytics and if anybody's going to how to figure out how to apply all those things the right way in hockey it's going to be Roberto Luongo especially if you're in a keeper league too maybe that was Lou who was phoning you uh wanting to work on a trade maybe you've got a tight end or, or some kind of position that that he needs uh help with his fantasy football league team. I've never had a tight end Darren but I got to tell you he wouldn't be looking for me for help and the one thing I said to him last year as I was set to complete my fir- first blockbuster trade 
I didn't want to make it with him because I knew I wouldn't win the trade. I just flat out, no. I flat out refused to trade with him because I know I, no matter what, I would lose it. So I found a lesser light who was just as dumb as me and traded with him. Woody, I think you would be the exact person that he would look to to trade with. I'm thinking, oh yeah, the, I, the, the other way around for sure because yeah, yeah, he knows yeah, he could I, he could fleece the idiot hundred yeah. percent. Well, I wouldn't call you an idiot. I would just call you um, a target. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll, t- I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, I, I think idiots uh, w- way too strong. Uh, we have uh, Carey Price against Andre Vasilevsky uh, and not head to head, but uh, two Vesna Trophy winners advancing to the third round as we record this as goaltending continues to get it down. Let's uh, Vasilevsky was impressive uh, again. Uh, but uh, Carey Price and what he did in that sweep, uh, Hutch, uh, like just just watching it and and witnessing what Carey Price has done so far, uh, seven straight wins uh, as as uh, he advances to the third round. Wow, like it, it is vintage Carey Price. This matches the deepest he's ever gone in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, it's been an, an incredible run, and I, and I think back to the bubble as well and how fantastic he was there last season in the playoffs and. Here's a guy who's just stepping up his game when, when it absolutely counts the most. It makes me think of some of the money goalies of days gone by. Billy Smith um, was one that comes to mind as, as, as a guy who can elevate at the most important time. And we're definitely seeing that in Kerry. And, and I think we've talked here before about how it's, it's just fun to see the evolution in his game. What's changing as he's on the ice. That ability to, to blend the, the technical now with a little bit more... Um, gamesmanship aggression uh it's it's just a a real pleasure to watch and vasilevsky of course is is another one kind of a recurring theme here right there's another guy incredibly athletic but has got got that incredible base to his game as well mark andre Fleury, if he moves through has that as well um and you know philip grubauer another outstanding goaltender just some incredible goaltending it's just the cream is rising to the top and we're really showing why the goaltenders are the most important players on the team, aren't they, guys? It's uh, it's an opportunity, and Montreal will be the underdog uh, in the third round. Uh, but for sure, wow! Like uh, Carey, this might be one of the most important series in Carey Price's career, just for the opportunity uh, that. You win one more, you get to a Stanley Cup final, and then you start joining the other Montreal greats in in another. Because that's about the only thing that's that's missing in his resume right now. Yeah, the only other time he got to the conference final was obviously uh, the Chris Kreider when he got taken out yeah. um, and didn't last very long against the New York Rangers. And obviously they went on to the cup final. Listen, I think that it was important that Montreal finish that series against Winnipeg when they did. Um, I think rest is going to be important. We've talked about that with Stefan Waite. We've had articles on it. I mean, the history, the track record shows itself. Even last year in the bubble, after all that time off from round one to round two, the the play sort of started to level off for him. Um, so back-to-back nights, a couple of long-range goals that you don't normally expect to go in, go in, but they survive it, they get through, and now they get a big break. So he gets a chance to sort of have that rest that has always been so crucial, um, at least over the past four or five years, to success for him. And really, to me, you're going to probably, whether it's Vegas or Colorado, need carry at that round one level. But the reality of round two is he didn't need to be. Like, Winnipeg, after game one, the final three games, they went as quietly into the night as I have seen. And part of that is how well Montreal defends and has all season. Like, that's kind of been overlooked in this. Montreal is this sort of 
you know, they are underdogs for sure, but I think people miss how good defensively at five on five they've been all year and how important that traditionally that that ability, that stat, that metric, you know, measures playoff success. So you could argue that that indicates they are built to be a playoff team. And in round two against Winnipeg, like literally the last three games, Winnipeg had two, three and two high danger chances like two a game. That's it. Wow. And so I'm fascinated to see not just if Kerry can get back to the Toronto level, if that's what's required, because you're more into six, seven high danger chances a night. Um, but I'm interested to see whether this high flying Colorado or Colorado Vegas series, it looks like a different sport. And a lot of people have commented on it. How much of that is just the superior quality of those two teams and how much of the style of Montreal can, how much of that is that one's better and how much of that is going to be the style of this Montreal slow that down uh, to a pace that, you know, let's be honest, aesthetically wasn't all that pleasing in the North division finals. But to me, it, this is a battle of styles as much as goaltending. And I'm curious to see which one wins out. Well, it's going to be fascinating just because of the crossover. None yeah. of these teams have faced e- each other at all this year. And that will be as much as we can break down um, forward strengths and goaltending strengths and blue line uh, abilities. We don't know. Like, we we just don't know. Uh, and it'll be uh, a really intriguing. The next two rounds uh, with teams facing each other for the first time will be very unique. Uh, just a comment on Andre Vasilevsky and what he's been able to do. Because uh, I, I thought uh, he, it was a bit of a challenge in front of him against the Carolina Hurricanes. And he passed it uh, with with pretty significant success. Yeah, he was at, you know, to be honest with you, he was better in the first round than he was in the second. Obviously, he had that game where he gave up four um, and Tampa just outscored that. That was not one of his best performances. And again, you know, I heard, I saw Rod Brindamore at the end of that series talk about all the great looks they were getting. And then I looked at, you know, I looked up the metrics and looked up at clear sight and how they saw this series. And, you know, all those great looks in that in that elimination game, um, the team that was getting them was Tampa Bay. They had 11 high danger and and. You know, Carolina, a team desperate to stay in a series down two nothing in the third period, down one nothing much of the game, uh, had five. So, you know, I'm not sure they're creating the type of offense that actually leads to goals uh, when they talk about good looks. And so that could be a really interesting juxtaposition. We've seen this over the years where teams, you know, feel like they're getting chances, but when you actually look at and measure those chances, they aren't. We've seen this a little bit in Vegas, Darren. You know, a lot of talk about them not being able to score in the playoffs. When you look at the what they're the types of chances they're actually getting, you shouldn't be as shocked as people typically are because they're not the types that lead to goals, especially this time of the year. And it's hey, it's be honest, it's hard to get those types of chances. Nobody's making it easy. But I was surprised at how few Carolina was able to generate against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was not a good defensive team in the regular season, not at all. They leaned heavy on Vasilevsky, who was a worthy Vesna finalist finalist not winner but in the playoffs it's like they've rediscovered it like they're they're so they've been they've, they've had moments where they opened things up against florida they did and he had to be great but against carolina they look like they're they're sort of rediscovering their defensive roots do you like what you're hearing on in gold radio the podcast uh the breakdown of the stanley cup playoffs the world championships uh hot shit be great to get some uh some more feedback uh the like button subscribe uh smash uh smash a rating over to us is that what the kids say um you're you're better at all this stuff than i am no i, I don't know i should probably get one of my kids to come on and explain how it all works uh 
whatever your favorite podcast um, provider is, if you're listening to to us on Apple Podcasts, where most of you do, or through Google or or wherever, um, we would love it. Really, we would really, really appreciate it if you just take two minutes, uh, head over there and give us a little rating, whatever that might be. Leave a little comment. It makes a a big difference to us. It enables the show to get uh, shared with so many more people out there uh, just by the the magic of these algorithms and how they work. And so you're going to spread the uh, the word to the rest of the goaltending community. And uh, and we just love when we we all come together and share this uh, this great sport that we all have a passion for. And, and you can do your part and thank us uh, for the work that's happening here just by getting on there and and giving us a like. And just uh, write yourself a note. Like if you're listening right now and you don't want to go through uh, and scroll through your phone or your, your tablet or your computer, just write yourself a note. I got to go back and, and leave a rating because that way you won't forget. That'd be awesome. And unless you drive, don't forget as well. Um, yeah. I, I know Good we're going to get to the gear segment pretty quick, but uh, all the gear segments that you hear on the podcast here are also published over on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash media. And uh, you can get every episode there. We usually leave just a tiny little bit more in that. Um, you get the the up close views of all the gear that is being discussed, and then I like to have a little fun with either Woody or Cam most weeks as well. So you get just a little bit of bonus content over there. But a uh, great way to enjoy it is over on YouTube, and we would love it if you'd subscribe, like, and all that sort of stuff on YouTube as well, because because it's a big help to all of us, and we appreciate it. Oh, well, see, I was gonna say, speaking of like, we're talking about Carey Price, we're talking about playoffs, we're talking about subscribing. Ingoalmag.com premium this week has great tips on the ice, video, carry price, mic'd up, running kids through drills, stick very cool, stick positioning tips on your post. And it is really cool to see carry working with kids and sharing these insights, how he holds his elbow on his blocker side post when he's on his skates, and why, because of the freedom of movement it gives his stick and, and his blocker hand how he does it differently on the glove side and why. And to see him explain it to the kids, knowing that when we watch him play in the Stanley Cup playoffs, now the semifinals, he's going to be doing the exact same things. And so whether you're six years old or heading to the Stanley Cup semifinals, these tips apply. And so you can watch that at ingolmag.com. It's one of the things we bring to our premium members. It's live now. And now I'm thinking, Father's Day. Do you remember, Hutch? We had a beer leaguer, and I say that with all the affection in the world, come to the day with Carrie Price, Carrie Jillings. And as I was going through some of the video and tips, there is a great butterfly rotation tip from Carrie Price that he gave to Carrie. And so I, Carrie, to Carrie, Carrie Jillings, our our beer league attendant. I think we're going to have to roll that out this weekend in Goldmag uh, for, for ahead of Father's Day. We always got the tips for the kids. It's time to do one for the dads. And so in honor of upcoming Father's Day, look for that next week on Mag and Ingle Premium um, because uh, we'll, 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 we'll spread the generational wealth of teaching from Carey Price. And one more before we get into the gear segment, uh, talking about lessons and uh, what you can take from, uh, from the pros. Uh, this one isn't a, exactly a, a breakdown of technique, but in game five of the Colorado Vegas series, with two seconds to go, under two seconds to go, Brandon Sod at the end of the first period throws one home short side on Marc Andre Fleury. 
And it's it's a puck that Marc-Andre Fleury should have had. You see his reaction. He throws a stick, rolls his shoulders. Like, he can't. It was the ultimate, like, human reaction that we would all give. And which I thought was amazing because he wasn't didn't just go into robotic uh, reset. He actually reacted. He couldn't believe that that thing went in as he reached across his body. But uh, I just thought it was an incredible lesson of being able to rinse it and stay with it. And he admitted after the game, a gentleman, that early in his career, that would have affected him the rest of the game. But he was able to re set and get back in the game and ended up winning a, a crucial game in, in overtime in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think there's uh, a, a pretty cool lesson that uh, that even those at the highest level let in a goofy goal every now and then, but you can still rescue it and respond to it. There are bounces and yeah. you have to be ready for that. And what the other thing I, I really enjoyed about that was it, it seemed that he sort of gestured to the team, okay, that's on me. I got this now. Yeah. And uh, so, so both the uh, the accountability, but the I'm I'm about to take action here too. Uh, I own it, and I'm going to fix it. And and I think by having that plan, in a sense, and and obviously he doesn't create a plan for how he responds to those things, but experience had him ready to respond in a way that was was very active and and created more confidence in his mind. In a sense, I mean, he's got a whole lifetime of experience to rely on there that that not all of us do. But but his reaction, I think, built more confidence in himself and his team, and of course, he delivered. And I think I think as he as he admitted to after the game, like part of that is just experience, right? You just you go through different things, and so you realize that there's there's no point in overreacting to it. There's only one way to sort of react properly to it and move on. And and part of that is experience. But I think part of that for him, at least, at least when the comparisons get made to early Marc-Andre Fleury, and it's not even early, it's more sort of mid-2000s when things were really off the rails in Pittsburgh and there was a lot of talk about, you know, what were they going to do? Were they going to move on this guy? Were they have to give up on him because the playoff meltdowns were so spectacular? That's, he didn't have a foundation back then, right? Like, he just didn't. He didn't have positional staples in his game. He didn't know how to go in and out of his posts. And so anytime something went wrong back then, and this is a conversation I've had with him, anytime something went wrong back then, what do we do as goaltenders when we're not feeling good about our game? One of two things. We either retreat to the goal line. That's what a lot of people do. You sink Mm -hmm. or you get hyper aggressive. And he would get hyper aggressive. And his philosophy, quite honestly and openly, he explained was, if I'm not feeling good, the closer I can get to the puck, the more likely it's going to hit me. And so he would get super aggressive and end up out of position and make initial saves, but not recover to his post, be caught outside of his post, leave himself in positions where the New York Islanders could bank multiple shots from below the goal line off his posterior or legs into the net and create all these questions that I remember being in Pittsburgh, being on the radio in Pittsburgh and they're like, you know... They 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 attribute all those to mental things about not being able to recover. I'm like, okay, that's fine. If you've given him the lessons, and the and you've given him all the tools technically, and he's not adjusting, and this is what's happening, then yeah, it's mental. But from the outside, it didn't look like he had those tools. And I sure wouldn't want to give up on the guy until I'm sure that I've given him the opportunity to sort of build that foundation. They hired Mike Bales that summer. And the foundation started. And I think that's a big part of the turnaround in his career. And it's gone through other voices. And he's altered where he plays. 
He's made adjustments in Vegas back and forth with different voices. But once he's there, he has that staple. And so when something goes wrong, you don't need to change anything. You just go back to your foundation. And I just think early in his career, they had an old school, like sort of more been there, done that voice in in Pittsburgh as opposed to a really established technical goalie coach early in his career. And I just think that was missing. And again, like it's not that I think, it's we've had that conversation. That is what was missing. And so whether sometimes we confuse mental lapses um, or you know experience, like, oh, he's, he's not prepared to handle the moment with just not having the tools to do it. And sometimes those tools are technical and tactical as well as between the ears. Ahach, I don't know about you, but uh, when Woody asked the question, what happens if uh, things don't go right? Uh, what do we do? And uh, he mentioned uh, retreat uh, to the goal line or become hyper aggressive. Uh, those weren't my answers. Mine were, uh, and I wrote them down, sulk and then pray uh, are, are, are the two things that I usually do when things go go south. So I, I, I mean, even even getting hyper aggressive would be a would be a step in the right direction for me. It would be, or, you know, or if you're like me, you're just so used to them going wrong that it doesn't fluster you. That's because normal. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's normal. I, I, I love Woody's points about the technical. Uh, I think the blending of the mental with the technical is so important. You need those two things. And as you were talking about all those situations with, with Mark Andre, uh, I, I could only think of the, today's interview with Dusty Emu and the importance of that relationship between goalie coach and coach and, what would different coaches, what would different parents uh, say to their kids uh, after seeing that goal the other night on Fleury? Mm-hmm. And uh, how might they have been different had the game gone differently as well? And so, so that, uh, that relationship is so important. Won't get into it too much just yet, but, uh, but it certainly was a, a real foreshadow to today's fantastic interview for me. We're going to sit down with the goalie therapist, uh, his third appearance on In Goal Radio, the podcast, uh, Dusty Emu, with our feature interview brought to you by Sense Arena VR in just a little bit. But the Hockey Shop, source for Sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com, presents In Goal Radio, the podcast, and our weekly gear segment. This week, it's the CCM Eflex 5.9, source for sports exclusive, as we visit with Cam over at the Hockey Shop. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports, where we've been rolling out a lot of new gear, Cam. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. some of our audience, the ones that have been paying close attention, are going to be like, what the heck? CCM Eflex 5 5.9? I've seen this before. But what you haven't seen is the Source for Sports exclusive line. Cam teased it when we were at the rink testing out the 5.9 a couple months ago. And now we've got it in store. So it's time to go back over it. This is basically the second price point, and we've got the third price point, the 5.5. Correct. But a Source for Sports exclusive version with some special features that you won't find anywhere else. Let's just start with the 5.9, and let's start walking through those features. All right. Let's start with the pad first. Wrong pad, Kev. Yeah, I know. You got a 5.5 there. Not that bright. That's okay. That's what I'm here for to help you along. So, source exclusive, 5.9, SDC is called out on the website. What does that all mean? So, you're getting an upgrade in a couple features on the pad itself. Um, One of my favorites, makes a big difference, is actually the knee stack itself. So, 
This area and this area doesn't change. Center knee block, that's what changes. So with a harder uh, HD foam uh, knee block, it's a lot closer to actually what you would find on the E-Flex 5 Pro Pad itself. Not the exact same, couldn't go that far, but uh, it's a lot stiffer, which is gonna provide you more stability down in that butterfly and help support you, um, especially as your butterfly sliding, moving side to side and sitting tall in your butterfly as well. Great upgrade, great feature. Um, really, really like it on the pads. I think it helps to give it a nice upgrade. Probably a little more durability there too, in terms of uh, it's not gonna soften up and sort of shrink on you over time. You're as not gonna have that foam compression um, that will happen over time as quickly. Um, I also noticed that they had, you have the, the, the foam molded inner edge now, and is that on the 5.9 stock as well? Correct, yes, it is still something you see there. So that, that stack itself doesn't change. Again, it's just that center knee block. So. Moving on, uh, another feature on the pad. It's definitely a nice call it and an added durability feature. So these strips of what is the speed skin oh, added at the bottom uh, of your calf wrap itself. Uh, what that does, uh, especially in an area where you see a lot of abrasion wear caused by the skate, um, even sometimes the Velcro, if it's a bit O2 overlap, will catch in that area. Just a nice added durability feature to stop that from being chewed apart. Something you're only gonna find on our CCM SDC exclusive pads. Um, great upgrade. Two more things covered with the pad. One, um, all black isn't necessarily 100% exclusive. Um, it's just one of our colors that we did go with. Uh, we have a few others, Boston, Toronto, uh, Chicago, to name a few. White and black, especially in all white as well. Exclusive sizing in the 5.9. We went with a one and a half inch thigh rise. It kind of covers the best of both worlds. Somebody who's still looking for a plus one should still feel comfortable with that extra half inch of size, depending on exactly where they're lining up. Somebody that was used to a plus two might be able to drop that little half size uh, and still get covered in terms of for their overall sizing curve. So nice little upgrade when it comes to the pads. Those same features that I just talked about, with the exception of the 1.5 thigh rise, do drop down to the 5.5. Um, the one note is, is that our intermediate pads for the 5.9 still follow the regular sizing curve. So once you're into senior sizing pads, you get the extra inch, extra half an inch at the top. Instead That's of correct. stock plus one, it's plus one and a half, source for sports exclusive, along with the improved knee stack and the extra abrasion wear. Now that's the pad. I want to talk about the 5.9 glove. Uh, because we've done this before, your Source for Sports exclusive includes something that, frankly, I think is a call-out for the pro-level product. I'm a little surprised you're able to get it in the 5.9, and that's in the Palm, the D3O Extra Protection. Have my shirt. You just explained all the best parts about it. I mean, a couple more quick highlights to it, but that said... The Palm itself is definitely a huge upgrade. Um, well worth calling out, something we've done in the past with CCM, especially for those mid and also that 5.5 glove does feature that same palm as well brought all the way down into that price you point series. You got D3O in the 5.5. That's correct. So definitely a great call out. Uh, doesn't come in the junior, does come in the intermediate for the 5.9 in terms of for that D3O. Uh, that said, a couple other features that we uh, decided to go with. You'll see 600 brake, but single T. Um, the reason why we did that, uh, consistency of closure out of the box. Uh, we find, again, the gloves just tend to be a little bit more consistent in terms of that easier break-in period with them. Um, and to us, you're still getting that nice wide presentation, especially when it opens up. So We should say we just literally took this out of the bag and out of the box. So there's a, an example of what you're going to get in terms of closure in a 5.9 pad out of the box.
Exactly. Last quick call out, skate lace as well. Again, just for that nice uh, clean look, as well as a bit more of that puck retention and absorption as you get that shot. This is the bargaining power of Cam and the Source for Sports group, just going out and finding all the little extra accessories that uh, other people aren't getting and making sure they get it in your second price point pad. Uh, Blocker, anything, anything different there on the 5.9 compared to the stock one on the Source exclusive? So you have, you have both of my blockers right there. So 5.9, 5.5. Senior, both are featuring the D30 finger that you do find in the Eflex 5 Pro blocker. So again, as pucks are kind of riding up that stick, just gives you that little bit of extra level of protection. Um, nice feature, not on the Junior, um, is available on the 5.9 Intermediate. Uh, so you will find it there. Again, same exclusive color zones, good overall feel. Blocker's not just a blocker. In this case, it is still a blocker though. If that makes sense. Nothing you say makes sense to me, Cam, but the gear looks pretty sick, so I'm just going to roll with it. Um, what are we looking at price point here? Uh, we talk about this being a second price point. Obviously, there are elements in terms of, you know, you don't get the injection molded core. Um, there are, you know, you're not going to be able to choose max rebound or control rebound foams in this one versus a pro. So there are things you get more if you order the pro model. Correct. But you're not sacrificing much here. How much are you saving? So it, it pretty much equates to half, like said and done. So your pads are about half of that of what you would find in, in the uh, Pro Series. Gloves pretty close to half. Same thing with the blocker itself. So um, basically what we recommend this series for uh, beer leaguers, um, kids that are transitioning, you know, even that high level midget kid um, that's still not quite done going, growing. So like still making that pro jump to a pro pad doesn't quite make sense. This gear is for you. Your Bantam kids, guys, again, going through all the way through, tearing through their gear. You know, if pro gear doesn't quite make sense, this is definitely the nice specs option for sure. Okay. And a whole bunch of options on the Source for Sports exclusive here at the hockey shop and the hockeyshop.com that you can't get anywhere else. About half price of a pro level pad. Now, we've got something that's actually even cheaper than that because as excited as Cam is to sell you the new 5.9, he's got the previous generation still in stock time to get rid of some 4.9 this is the flex 4 oh, wait there's more oh wow last year's 5.9 sdc series on sale here at the hockey shop get them while they're still here i'm starting to run low but that doesn't mean i still can't get you fitted up great savings in terms of for price point i still got the gloves and yes the gloves still come with the d3o palm I've still got the blockers, and yes, the blockers do have that D3O finger. That's in the five or 4.9 series SDC. We still got them. We still have some inline product too as well. It doesn't feature the upgrades. Those are on sale as well. You can check them out at thehockeyshop.com here at the Source of Sports Hockey Shop. I kind of tried to say his line. It didn't quite work, but give me a call, 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790. I happen to notice this 4.9 is 33 plus two. So is it where you plus twos last year in this versus the plus one and a half? There were some different sizings between the two. We have changed that up to kind of condense things a little bit. A little few less skews, a little less on my job to order all this different product. Makes it a little bit simpler for the audience too as well. I don't know if we're going to zoom in on this, but when I talked about sale, when you talked about the second price point being roughly half as the senior price point, yeah, knock another 30% off. This pad right now is $700 Canadian, retails normally at 1000 And like I said, a lot of the features you'll find in the Pro Pad 
in this case, for pretty much one third of the price. If you've got questions, ask Cam, find him on thehockeyshop.com, or as he said, call him in person, look them up on the website, drop by if you happen to live in the lower mainland. Uh, your opportunity now to get the last of the 4.9 and a serious savings, or if you want to upgrade to the 5.9 and the new Eflex 5 and get your source for sports exclusives, he's got lots of those in stock right now. But like he said, they won't last long, so get in here soon. There's a there's a dinner speaking circuit once we get uh, out of COVID and get back to normal of the the Cam and, and Woody uh, featured speaker uh, at your local uh, fundraising dinner. You guys have great chemistry. I mentioned it uh, before, and I think it it bears repeating. Good job over there. Uh, I, can we can we we'd have to have Hutch. We can't live edit those dinners, so we'd have to have them with probably a mute button because there might be a few more cursed words mixed in there before That's Hutch okay. does the final edit. Usually, me cursing at Cam. We don't have to speak to the to the Lions Club every week. We can go a little hardcore. Okay, all right. We're, it would have to be because of all those times I've had to blur out uh, Cam's butt as he leans back behind the couch to pick something up. <laughs> I keep telling him. Uh, I keep I love, telling him to put on pants, but he doesn't listen. I love the fact that Source for Sports, uh, the hockey shop, uh, thehockeyshop.com, has this uh, buying power and influence uh, with the manufacturers that they can create different lines within the same line. Like the Eflex five point nine gets a bump up because of uh, the the status of Cam and Company over there. Well, and. You know, not just the 5.9, but as you saw, this one actually kind of caught me off guard. I didn't know this was coming, but D3O in the 5.5. So the third wow. price point down, D3O in the palm of the glove and on the finger of the blocker of their their lowest price point, the 5.5 model. And then, as you said, not just the extra foam in the knee block on the 5.9 e and the D3O uh, the single T pocket, I will say, I know it's Cam's philosophy, and that's why he orders it this way. Um, out of the box, the single T600 that they order as a source exclusive does close a lot nicer, in my opinion, at least at the start, requires less breaking in uh, than the stock double T that CCM offers that you'll find everywhere else. So that's a that's that's not so much a, you know, we have the buying power of the pull. That's us sort of knowing and feeling like we understand the gear and this will function better for you preference that you can only get at the hockeyshop.com source for sports through their exclusive offers. Um, and the other one too is the wear, the, the abrasion, like they detected a little yeah. bit of extra wear at the bottom of the pad um, and decided that, you know, they could flex a little, little buying power and, and have those, those abrasion areas sort of, beefed up and and increase the durability of the product for you even though it's a lower price point and the last thing i should say just to reiterate from the 4.9 eflex last year's model um you know these all these second price points are about half price that 4.9 right now is down to half price plus another 30 percent off so make sure not much, they've got a fair bit of inventory but it won't last for long make sure you check them out at the hockeyshop.com to hop on that because that's source for source Source for Sports exclusive as well has a lot of the same features. And, and uh, skate lace, skate lace in the pocket, another personal preference. I love my skate lace pocket. I remember the first time I did it, I, I ordered a uh, Miller blocker and trapper back in the, uh, in the late 80s. And I took out the, the webbing and put my skate lace in. And my father almost shot me. 
what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, this looks amazing. And he's like, what are you doing? You got a brand new glove and you're wrecking it. But uh, I just love this, the skate. I'd be impressed my kid could fix his own gear. That's awesome, Darren. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it was pretty, but, uh, and, but, and it didn't do much for my relationship with my father at the time, but it was still, it was still very, very, very cool. Uh, yeah, but I'll, next time anything goes wrong with your gear, your dad can just grumpily look at you and say, grab some skate lace and fix it, buddy. Fix it. I, yeah. I, I fiddle with my gear all the time, even today. Fiddle. I love, love doing that. Uh, and to the point, uh, let me bring this up. Last week we had the, uh, the Hyperlite stick and talking about the, the handle being shorter. So I had uh, two old foam core sticks in the, in the garage. I played a couple of times know. this week and I thought, I got to try this, like I cut them down and just to see what it was like and, and the leverage with playing the puck and the ability to play pucks in your feet and then just feeling your post because you got, uh, you stand there and you tap your post for your, for, for uh, location. And uh, it was neat. I like this on blocker side now, Darren, you go and try and tap the post and you. I, I did a couple of times. I did a couple of times and I kind of got to, got to make sure like just, just adjust a little bit goofy. I know I'm, I'm, I'm different. But uh, I just thought, uh, why not give it a shot? And and 100%. without without buying the stick and not knowing whether you're going to like it or not, I just cut down an old one. I've I've got the luxury of that because I've got a couple of old twigs there, and I liked it. So inter- interesting. I don't know what you guys what your take is on on the shorter handle, but uh, it was it was interesting. You mentioned about Carey Price being able to play pucks closer to his feet, and I understand what you mean by that but until i tried it i didn't fully appreciate it it's great how'd you find it for shooting pucks because again you do like we talked about it doesn't have the same flex maybe as as leaving it longer but being able to sort of have those hands closer together and have that blocker hand on top like it can give you a a lot more leverage you see and it did and uh, I, I wasn't sure what I was doing. I actually thought I was doing something wrong because you guys mentioned you won't be able to, to loft it as, as well. I found, I found I had more zip on it. And, and maybe oh, I'm, not, I'm not throwing the puck down the ice or anything, but I had more, more accuracy and more zip uh, with, the, with the shorter ones, uh, uh, the closer in passes uh, off to a hash mark or, or up the wall. Uh, I just, I, I liked it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with that route now. I, I'm going to take your word for it. My not that I've been on the ice in over a year, but my team mm-hmm. my team doesn't let me throw passes to the hash mark. I'm pretty restricted in what I'm allowed to do. Evidently, it doesn't go well when I try. Is it is it true that they put a bungee cord on the back of your pants that won't allow you to get around the side of the post to the back of the net? No, no, no. It's just so we can't chase the referee down and complain all the time. <laughs> Cujo McMagoo? I no no no. They just hit they just hit me in the head enough in warm up so that I'm dizzy enough they know I won't leave the net. You know what? It sounds like uh, it sounds like you and your team maybe need a little therapy session just to bring you guys back into uh, a good spot before things start up again. And and I just I just happen to know a guy. I know somebody that's available. Uh, he's the goalie therapist, and and this is this is kind of cool. Uh, talking about Dusty Emu. Uh, Olympian, uh, professional goaltender, goalie coach, uh, father of a goalie, like everything uh, that the, under the umbrella of goaltending he has done. And it's his third time on Ingold Radio, the podcast. And I love like the, the journey, Woody, that Dusty has taken from the first time he was on Ingold Radio, the podcast, to now. Like we're, we're seeing an evolution in Dusty. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. And then, and in terms of, you know, this new offering, 
like we're literally on the cusp of an evolution here potentially with with the new website and with the you know the the goalie therapist the goalietherapist.com like that offering itself is evolving as we go like he's he started it he's just opening it and it was interesting cuz you know we had a conversation before this conversation about you know where he was at and what the thought process was and interestingly enough from the people that have reached out early it hasn't been so much about on the ice it really has been, and as he mentions in the interview, like people looking at, you know, like life counseling type stuff, like career type stuff. And you know, we, we talk so often about how, you know, people that are goaltenders um, for fun or goaltenders earlier in their career go on to other things, Roberto Luongo and general managing. Like there are so many lessons from the life of a goaltender that apply to other things and having someone that can help you channel those lessons in the proper way, whether it's to stop pucks or be a CEO um, you know, we're starting Dusty was surprised himself that he's starting to see some crossover immediately in those requests. And so the goalie therapist itself could evolve in a lot of different ways. So I'm fascinated to be in sort of early and see where he takes us. And it all sounds like it came from the relationship with Jack Campbell and uh almost by accident, but on purpose. Like his his strategy and his approach and discovered that there's there's something there yeah i think the i think the work is so important you know at every level of the game you have goaltenders and not just the nhl but but all the way down you've got goaltenders that look around at their peers and they have to be thinking what makes me different from from that guy or that girl uh i've got the same skill yeah why is why are they being a little more successful why are they being noticed and i'm not it's such a mental game and the difference between goaltenders at any level is so minute that you, you've really got to be able to, to help people through those, those tough times and to understand who they are as a goaltender and how they're progressing. And it's not just your blocker needs to be here. You need to hold your glove a little bit different. Um, there's some really challenging things to work through. And I'm, I'm super excited by, by what Dusty's doing. And, uh, you know, another guy we had on here before, Kevin, Joe Clark, who's doing some similar work. Uh, down the states, and I was actually texting with him this morning. Um, the The work between goaltender and coach is so important, and and it's foundational. It's it's based on that relationship, and I I love to hear Dusty talking about that. But but Taryn, I think I sort of heard that evolution you were talking about just in his his chatting with with Woody there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it started off as I'm on a podcast and I have to be a a proper guest his first couple of weeks, and and that sort of sounded like uh, two local White Rock boys uh, just chilling on the beach chatting. Totally. Um, yeah. And so you can see what an easy guy Dusty is to to work with and chat with and would, would love that opportunity. But wouldn't it really be the ultimate test? I mean, it's one thing, Dusty, to say that you helped Jack Campbell over some hump, some humps in his career to, to, to reach where he is now. But could you get Woody to settle down on the ice? Could you get Woody to step up a level in beer league? Could you get uh, his team, maybe allow him to leave the net once in a while? Uh, unleash that bungee cord dusty it's it's all about can you pull that off or not i told you guys there are some things that can't be fixed they're best left alone this is a cluttered crazy mind nobody wants to look into it yeah that's gonna take more than a couch to fix woody and uh you might have to crawl into bed for a while and lie down and, and stay there uh 
but I'll, I'll, I'd like to see the challenge uh, taken up by by Dusty Emo, the goalie therapist. And there's there's so much more to it than than just that. But it's a, it's a great endeavor by Dusty Emu. Our feature interview this week brought to you by Sensorina Hutch and uh, some great things happening uh, with Sensorina. Hey, Darren. I'm really excited about what we've heard from Sensorina. They've been an awesome sponsor of the podcast for a long time now, bringing us the feature interviews. Um, We know that Sensorina is a game changer tool for goaltenders off the ice, but June 15th, next week, before the next show starts, uh, they are releasing the new Sensorina for players. And you might be thinking to yourself, why would I care that Sensorina is releasing a player's version? This is a goaltending podcast, but but Woody, what was like one of the number one reasons that NHL goaltenders became goalies in the first place? It was either gear or your siblings. Their siblings. So, so many goaltenders became goalies because they've got a parent or a sibling who is a forward or a defenseman. And now ah. there's a sensorina version for those players. Now, here's the cool part. Because whatever, who cares about the Fords and the defensemen? Every Sensorina installation comes with two profiles you can use. And now you can use one of those for the player version. That means if you have the goalie version, you will have access to the player version if you're only using one of those goalie licenses. So you've already purchased it because you want to look after your own development. You basically have a freebie for your brother, your sister, your father, your mother who wants to train as a player. No extra cost. You got to buy the, the little attachment to attach the, the Oculus controller to your, your player stick. But this is an incredible thing that is, is opening up a whole new world of training for uh, players. And a lot of you already will have access to it on June 15th um, when it comes open. You have to head over to Sensorina.com. Um, let them know you're interested. You can reserve one of the first um, sleeves, one of the first attachments for your stick that will be sent out so that you can grab a hold of it really quickly. Um, we're going to have one coming our way so I can let you know what it, uh, what the experience was like, but, uh, I think it's a really, really cool opportunity. They're not just opening up to the world of players and a whole new market for themselves, but they're giving it away effectively to everybody who's got a goalie license already. If you're only using one of your two licenses. Um, and then of course, I'm just crazy enough that I'm going to attach that to a goalie stick, of course, with goalie gloves and I'm going to get out there and virtually be a forward or a defenseman just to see what that's like too. Cause why not? Why not? Give yeah. it a shot. I'm sure Bob's probably squirming as he listens to this. Cause that was not their intention. I hope it works. Well, uh, we'll, we'll relax everybody with a, with a great conversation. The feature interview brought to you by Sensorina with so many things happening is with Dusty Emo third time around. And this is uh, the coolest conversation yet as uh, he continues to uh, travel down this uh, wonderful path of goaltending. The feature interview with Dusty Emu and Kevin Woodley on In Goal Radio, the podcast. Welcome back to the In Goal Radio podcast, Dusty Emu. Um, I, I, I think it might be you and Weeksy might be our only three-time guests. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you guys are—I know you guys are friends as well. So you guys just have set the record, setting the pace here on the In Goal Radio podcast. We wanted to get you on. I mean, our audience—we've—I feel like they know you already. We've had you on a couple <laughs> times. We've talked about 
your history playing, the Olympics, coaching over in Russia and China during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We've covered all these things. We've covered your work with the Kings and the mentorship, but I was kind of interested, you know, and I thought the timing might be right to to sort of go back and and talk about coaching and goalie coaching, but almost more, I don't know if mindset's the right word, but almost people coaching. Because you've got a new website, mm-hmm. you've yeah. got a new sort of business that you're operating, and it's called The Goalie Therapist. <laughs> and obviously, Jack Campbell has, has been in the spotlight during the spring here and, and during the whole season with the, the exceptional season he had with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you know, some stories have come out of there and some things that you know we may, I maybe knew about, but we hadn't talked about in terms of all the focus had been on goalie and the position and all the work you did with these guys as goalies and right. not a lot about as people. So right. very long-winded introduction. <laughs> but tell me, tell me about the goalie therapist and tell me about that approach as opposed to just what's going on the ice and skating and moving and catching pucks. Right. Tell me about that approach and maybe Jack in particular, um, how important it was for him. Well. The the whole idea of the the website and and maybe starting something on the side uh, as a business came about because you know through all this time that guys come and go and uh, you know I have goalies and they go and their careers go a different direction I go in a different direction I still help a lot of these people and especially with Jack. Um, uh, helped him in, or coached or mentored, whatever you want to call it, did my thing with Jack uh, through all this time. And that kind of got me thinking that, you know, maybe since, since I'm sitting at home, not, not coaching a team right now, that maybe instead of just coaching two guys on one team, I could continue this kind of uh, in a business form uh, and help whoever wants the help. And because t- to be quite honest, uh, one of the, the th- things I'm best at is not necessarily on the ice. Uh, I feel I'm a very good coach on the ice. I, I'm proud of that. But where I offer a lot of my value, it seems, with each and every guy that comes across uh, my path, we, the things that they really appreciate most are some of these things that are done off the ice. So I thought if I could try and package that or, 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 or um, create a, a business model to, to help whoever wanted the help and not just the, the team I end up coaching. And that's kind of where it started. Uh, and it is just started. I, I haven't really done a big launch or anything, but uh, that's just where it kind of came up. And uh, the whole Jack thing and the, the, his great tra- trajectory right now kind of really got me motivated even more so, you know, and and obviously we saw some, you know, James Myrtle had a good piece in The Athletic that sort of brought a lot of this to light, um, you know, in right. terms of, you know, the things that Jack had dealt with um, off the ice as a person. Um, his, right. his identity as a goaltender was one thing, but a lot of his self-identity seemed to be tied to his success and sort of deconstructing that and working with him to feel better about Jack Campbell first, as opposed mm-hmm. to Jack Campbell, the goaltender. That process, I mean, without giving too much away, and obviously there's a lot that's personal between you and him, but what can you tell us about that process and how it applies to other people and how how that side of things is important to having success once you're back on the ice? Right. You know, everybody's an individual. Everybody has different things going on in their lives and, and as they're playing the game. 
you know, they have their job and what they do, but everybody has lives and, and things going on. And I guess just the way I approach things, whoever it is, sometimes some things will come up more than others, but I try to basically uh, get them to open up. And then I kind of see the puzzle that's in front of me. And sometimes it's not a big one. And sometimes a lot of these guys have uh, pretty much everything together and, and everything's good. And we just kind of keep moving forward. But then other times there's more things, more layers uh, that might have to be dealt with first uh, before you can get on the ice, before you can start to, to build the game to whatever direction you want to take it. So I always kind of try to do that first. And in Jack's case, it was, there was a lot going on <laughs> uh, to, you know, he, it's not a secret anymore. It was kind of, it was private between him and I for a long time, but he's gotten a way more comfortable in his skin now and, and his, his life and what has happened in the past. And uh, it actually kind of empowers him a little bit more each time to open up and talk about it. And it doesn't really affect him. Like that doesn't define him anymore, but it kind of built him to who he is now. So now it's kind of coming out. The James Myrtle article was really big in that because he spoke to both. He spoke to both myself and Soupy and Soupy was really open about it. And I think it was a, a great piece. And, but yeah, that's kind of how I go about things. And, you know, not everybody has the same story, but it's kind of how I start. Now, in terms of turning that into a private business model, um, yeah, you know, and starting the goalie therapist, love the name, by the way. And for everyone who's <laughs> listening, it's pretty easy to find the goaliethepist.com and you'll get to Dusty online. Um, how does that process work? And is this like is this specifically for goaltenders? Is there, is there like is it mentorship? Is it almost like life coach type? Is this the kind of thing that that could branch out beyond just goaltending? Well, it 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 wasn't intended uh to say take on whoever and people in life coaching. But having said that, since I just uh, let the, uh, the website out there, I have had a couple of people approach me that actually uh, asked for, for more life coaching in, in, in help getting their lives in the right uh, direction and, and on the tracks and help their business and their life. Uh, they, they play rec hockey. <laughs> so that's kind of the, the connection is there and they, that's how they saw me or found me, but they're asking for help kind of outside of that. So this is really in, in its infancy stage. So we're just exchanging emails, uh, but I was open to it. And so I said to the couple of people so far, I said, yeah, I'd be into it. I know I, I don't have a, a degree or anything uh, as far as a therapist is concerned, but I, I do believe I'm good at uh, at that connection and figuring people's uh, minds out a little bit. So I'm open to it. We'll see where it takes us. Okay. Now, um, <laughs> this is a partial sort of surprise announcement that we'll just throw in here for um, you're going to be doing a presentation at an upcoming conference the Ontario Hockey League is putting on that we're going to co-sponsor. So I guess we just let that cat yeah. out of the bag. Um, but what, I, what I'm wondering about is... Um, for all the other coaches that are listening now that won't be a part of that. Right. How, like, is, are there lessons here for everyone about, cause you know, quite often I think, you know, I've seen goalie coaches work where you get a new student comes in young or even up to pro level where it's just boom, right, right on the ice. And, and let's, let's look at your game. Yeah. 
in your mind, is it important to, you know, like almost uh, understand the person first? And are there ways with short of all the experience you have with it and short of being the quote unquote goalie therapist, are there ways that other coaches <laughs> can learn to, you know, some things they can recognize to help them proceed to the coaching side? You know, how, how right. do you get to know the person? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't uh, say this is one way that you have to do it my way or, or anything like that, but I really am encouraging people, uh, coaches, to try to use my 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 method, if you will, uh, to try to build this relationship first, figure out the person first, and then kind of take your coaching onto the ice and then build from there. Uh, the website actually says on there that I, I'm more than happy and actually I would love to work with coaches as well because if someone wants to try to learn how the, I do things. I, I'm not a big uh, guy that feels <laughs> I want to keep secrets. You know, my, my little way is, you know, my own way and nobody else can do it. I, I, I think it's a, a positive thing uh, for the game and the way I coach. It's a little different, but I, I really encourage it. And I, I've had a few, uh, Matt Millar, who, who took over my job in, in LA as the development goalie, uh, he really seems to have uh, embraced kind of how I do things. And, you know, he's his own style of coach. You know, I mean, when you, when you coach, everybody coaches their own way, but I just mean the basis. I, I highly recommend you, you consider going that route and figuring out the person first. Uh, and Because and I'll tell you what, when you, when you show that you care and, and that you really care about everything about what's going on in their lives, et cetera, they're way more all-in type of a person or goalie when, when they feel that from you. And then all the stuff you teach really can sink in. Uh, but if you just, just hop on the ice sometimes, and we're all guilty of it, we've all done it because we want to show that we can coach. <laughs> Uh, you kind of lose sight and they feel that too. <laughs> so yeah, my, I really encourage it. I'm open to helping anybody that wants to learn that way. So where does it start? Can you give me an example? And maybe it can be someone you worked with in the past where like, how do you, how do you start? Like it, it's an awkward question to ask because it sounds like it's just about building a relationship. And I guess mm -hmm. in some ways that should be the easiest thing, but especially with pro athletes or you know, I guess with athletes at any level, it's not always the easiest thing to do. You're the voice of authority. You're the coach. So how do you go about building a relationship that leads to this type of openness? Right. Well, you, you have to be really good at, at listening and really trying to listen. And we're, as a coach, sometimes, especially when you get going, you forget that part. <laughs> and you can become the talker and you're trying to teach and they're the student and you're the, you're the, the teacher. But it, it, if you can uh, really embrace listening off the hop, uh, then you can kind of start to figure out, you know, where you got to take it. So what I do at the very beginning is I, I'm really conscious of not coming in hot uh, and then kind of reading off of them. You know, some everybody has different personalities. Like I'll give you an example like you asked. Peter Budai. Okay longtime veteran in the NHL. His game goes for shit. Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> his, his game goes for crap and uh, uh, he's having a rough go, but he's got an ego uh, and not in a bad way, but, you know, he's done a lot in his career. And uh, so I figured that out early that, okay, I can't come in and say, you got to do this and this and this and this. I have to earn his trust and figure out a way that he's going to listen to some of the things that suggestions that I make. And I kind of, that takes some time though. And it's kind of hard for us sometimes because we want to get in there and we want to fix the problem. But I really encourage to take your time and listen to them and what they, and ask them questions and, you know, ask them questions about what do they think is wrong? You know, all these types of things, you know, the answers are important, but what's even more important than the, the questions and the answers is the fact that you're starting to build that relationship. And once you start to do that, then more walls will start to break, fall down, and then you can really start to get into the good stuff. Does that make you say, I get rambling here, but does that make sense to what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So with a guy like Peter Budai, it took some time uh, because he needed to feel that what you had had substance. And uh, it also took a lot of... uh, self uh you know self um what's the word i'm looking for for him to see things in himself and sometimes you you can't come in and say hey this is what you're doing wrong this is it's from my perspective and he needed to see it from himself so i needed to take that time to get him to see things uh and once he did though you know things obviously changed around for him now, when you say see things, like, are you talking like, like video and on ice and things like that? Or are you talking about like more him and how he's relating to everything? I'm thinking about more of that, you know, the, the on ice stuff and, and the video and the actual stuff about how his game was being played. That stuff's easy to work with, you know, go, they're professionals. They know how to see that stuff in their game. Uh, but it's the other things, you know, that, that they've maybe lost some of their humility um, uh, that they've lost their perspective on actually where they are in their game or their career. Um, these kinds of things are tough because uh, as, as high level athletes, we can all have a bit of an ego and sometimes that kind of blinds you <laughs> to what was really going on and where you're at in your career or where you're at in your game. But if they, if they really trust you, they'll start to drop that a little bit and it uh, becomes way easier. Once they do, like that just make it easier for them to see things in their game too? Like, does it... Oh, for sure. It, are you basically getting them to be honest with themselves mm-hmm. th- through you? Is that a fair way of... Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it, if you're ever to sit in and listen to me, you, if uh, I'm having all the success with these goalies, you think I'd be going in there and saying, okay, this is what we got to do. We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. And I'm talking and I'm talking. That is not how it goes at all. When we talk, it's really laid back and I'll often let them do a lot of the talking and then kind of just um, break that apart and, and, and kind of analyze that as I'm listening. And then I'll throw in my little bits and pieces here and there, but I like to let them guide uh, a lot of conversations sometimes. But uh, it's a tough thing to do sometimes. I I, I really enjoyed listening to Matt Millar uh, when we speak on the phone, and he we speak quite often. We spoke yesterday, but um, how he is approaching things, 
I like listening to seeing how that version, a, a, a different coach and a different personality is kind of taking some of the things that I do and, and implementing it in the way he coaches. And it really sounds like he's doing a great job so far. Okay, so getting to know the person, um, do you find sometimes that's more important than the goaltender? Like as much as getting to know the person allows them to trust you when it comes back to the goaltending and things mm -hmm. that maybe need to change from an on ice perspective. Like, is there a lesson here in terms of the person being happy with themselves before they have any chance of having success? Like, or 100%. before they can have be the best version of themselves on the ice, helping them find a comfort level with who they are off it? 100%. Uh, we talked about it. It might have been the first episode I did with you and uh, Darren Millard. Uh, and he, he was quite taken back as to how simple and different my philosophy was. I love yourself and, and, and the game first and foremost. Uh, and then everything else can kind of build from there. And I truly believe that. I think that if you're not happy, uh, if there's things like demons or, or negative things in your life, uh, personally, uh, your views of yourself or your, your views of your lack of success or you're not where you wanted to be and all of these different things that are clouding over top of you. I don't believe you can really have a, this huge ascension and, and build this, your game to another level, if you will. Like, it's tougher when you're constantly battling that negative uh, vibe. So I feel if you get that fixed first, and build that person up to where they're feeling good, man. Regardless of the, the results, uh, I feel then the results will come. But we, I really try hard to get them to not view so much uh, be results driven. Like we're all goal driven and that's, that's not ever going to die. But I don't like it to be the focus. And I like the focus to be on them being happy come then all of a sudden they're walking to the rink and they're excited to get there because they're they they love everything about what's going on not that they're in the freaking american league or they're in the coast and oh i should be up and this guy's i'm not better than this guy and all that negative energy just weighs you down so i'm really conscious of trying to tear down that uh those walls and and just build everything up positively now, one of the ways you did that, going back to the Jack Campbell example, was you had him come out and see you here in mm -hmm. White Rock. Uh, for people that don't remember from the earlier versions, me and Dusty are a stone's throw away from each other <laughs> out here in beautiful White Rock, British Columbia, sort of just above the American border. Nice little town to grow up in. Mm -hmm. um, but you have guys out and you get to know them off the ice as much as on the ice during those things. Um that's going to be an option for clients of the goalie therapist is to come yeah. out and sort of have some sessions on the ice, but just kind of chill with Dusty Emu and allow you to build that connection so that you can figure out how these people tick. Walk me through what that Kevin Woodley arrives and doesn't know where White Rock <laughs> is at the airport. What's what does that weekend or week look like? Right. Well, like like I said, this all kind of started from when I uh, started coaching in L.A. I. I did this with Jack Campbell. He was the first one and I never had met him. He just got traded and, and I brought him here and it all 
the whole basis of this goalie therapist and, and doing it now uh, and bringing guys in was from that. But to be quite honest, it started very organically. And I just did the same thing. I fed, I, I read off of everything and I was very loose about it all on purpose with, with Jack because I could feel the, the adrenaline and tension and, and, you know, he was gung ho, no doubt, but he, he, I just needed to dial it down and get him to loosen up. So, and then I kind of did that with, you know, Kyle Peterson and, and all these different guys and it really worked. So as I got better at it, you know, the main thing I did was, you know, I set up these ice times, for example, you know, they're there with me for a week. I set all these ice times up and workouts and, and we're going to go do all these different things. But then I, I, I would call them and I'd be like, uh, they're hanging out at the one time I had Soupy stay down at the beach at the, at the promenade there. Yeah. And, uh, he's all gets up early and he's ready to go. And I'm like, dude, just chill. We're going to go for breakfast. We went and had breakfast down on the beach and he was like, are we going? What's going on? I'm like, nah, you know what? We're just going to hang out and, uh, we'll go, uh, go do the grind later and, and, uh, work out. But right now we just need to chill and hang out and, we talked and then he just was like, whoa, this is different. And, uh, it really, the vibe worked. And, uh, then the next time we did two ice times because he was really motivated and wanted to go a second time. You know what I mean? Like, so I just kind of read off the person and, and the, the base was there, but I didn't want it to seem like, okay, you're coming to camp, you know, you got to get up uh, first ice times, you know, 8am next ice times, one o'clock. I didn't want it to be like that. I wanted to feed off of how things were, how he was feeling. And they really uh, responded to that, all the guys. Do you so think that's kind of what I'm going to do moving forward. I'm going to offer that to, you know, let's say an NHL guy wants to, to find another something that he's missing or whatever. He doesn't, just doesn't feel right. You know, had a, not a great season or whatever. Bring him here uh, as part of the whole working with me. And then it also helps me really figure out what kind of puzzle I got to work with. Well, I wonder how much of that too is um, these guys, everything is regimented for them a lot of the times, like a camp oh, yeah. environment. You know, you're here, you're there, you check in, you wear this number, you stay at this hotel, you do that. So to remove some of that structure, I would imagine would sort of remove some of the pressure and expectations of a coach student relationship a little bit and just right. maybe ease that pressure up a little bit. Totally. Totally. And I remember. The, this I think the second time Soupy came, uh, I put on the one day he was, you know, he could just feel we were like tired and this and that. So I put on the pads and I did the session with them and, uh, and he thought it was, uh, it was, it just feeding off of what's going on and, and being uh, awake and aware of how they are feeling. It just really, you know, it helps build your coaching uh, connection with them. And it was, a, it really was a lot of fun for sure. Well, I was going to say, and it's, it, as far as asking you for a formula or how to do this, I mean, really there isn't one because you are, <laughs> everything's kind of organic. There isn't structuring. It would actually probably take what it is out of it. Yeah, if that makes I, sense. I do obviously have a lot of things that I, I'll look back and all the different guys there are some things that I do consistently. You know what I mean? Like, 
Give me an example. Like, for example, like when I'm they're off doing their thing, playing on another team, and I'm still, I, I'll make sure that I will post something uh, that is positive towards what they have done or are doing and keep it really on a buddy level, but just that uh, they know that I care about what's going on with their career. Um, and it just keeps on building that relationship. You know what I mean? And I do that consistently. And if it, it's not always uh, thought upon uh, in the regular hockey world is, you know, a lot of coaches don't do that as far as social media is concerned, but I'm very conscious of doing that. I was going to ask you, cause I would imagine like, as you, you know, obviously we've talked about what happened in China and Russia and the contract and you've gone a year without now, like, yeah. I would imagine that from a social media standpoint, some of that, you know, possibly to your detriment as you're, as you're looking at, you know, the possibilities mm -hmm. of getting back in, not everyone, like there are probably some teams that would frown upon that strong of a social right. media presence. Well, totally. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm glad you, you know, it's okay to bring it up too, because uh, you know, I don't know how long I've been coaching now, whatever, but from the beginning when I started, I might've had a more reserved, uh, approach. Uh, I did, however, say right from the get go, I was going to try to be me, always try to be me and be honest to who I am and, and not kiss ass just because I want the job or I want to, you know, paint this picture of someone just because I want the job, but it's not me. And I'd really tried not to ever do that. But, you know, you do hold back on certain things because you don't want to rock the boat uh, in the NHL or professional world of coaching. But as I got going and realized how I did things worked, I really started to have more confidence in the fact that I'm just going to do this. Some aren't going to like it. Some aren't going to hire me because of it. But the ones who do... Um, believe in what I do are going to get the real me and get hopefully these results that I, I seem to get with, with the goalies. Uh, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's not, I'm, Hey, I'm not an idiot. I don't just put things out there and then think after, Oh geez, what maybe, maybe I shouldn't have put that out there or whatever. I, I know what I'm doing. Um, I know that some, uh, aren't going to receive it in the same way, but you can't please everybody. Uh, I just got to be true to me and do what I do. And um, if the right team fits and, and we move forward, then it'll happen. God willing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if not, you've got the new business on the side, the goalie therapist. And I should say, I should point out as a, I don't say lifelong, but I've been in and out of White Rock with a few stints in college. I've, uh, I guess, since grade seven, I've sort of lived here and a few years wow. away and then come back when I, with my wife when we had kids. So I can vouch for the area. If you're getting the uh, full Dusty Emu goalie therapist <laughs> uh, immersion program that uh, that beach he talks about in the pier is pretty nice. There's an ice cream shop my daughter works at that I'd highly recommend. Um, lots of great things. So if you are thinking about coming and checking it out, it's uh, not a bad place to be in the summer. Nice beach. Um, I want to ask you a couple more, uh, before we let you go, um, this, mm -hmm. this relationship building, any advice, because, uh, I was reminded of it as you, you know, as I, over your shoulder, there's a picture of, of you and your son, Jonah, and obviously the, the famous game where <laughs> yeah. you bat, you backed up his first American league start, um, mm -hmm. with the Ontario rain, any advice for parents? 
Like, because that's a different relationship than, than goalie coach and student. Um, Mm -hmm. and yet you've lived it right up to professional hockey, goalie coach, dad and student, or even maybe for the parents that aren't the goalie coaches. Well, any advice on, you know, what to look for signs to help build them up, to help maintain that positivity, whether it's in the ride home from a tournament or a ride home from a game, like, is there anything to that approach that you would, you'd recommend? Well, you, you nailed a couple of those points uh, as far as the world of uh, parent, <laughs> hockey parent, hockey mom or dad. Uh, those points you made about uh, po- being positive, lifting them up, these kinds of things are, are, are vital. But one of the things I think maybe as far as advice is concerned uh, and maybe some of the things that I spoke about just in the, little, in the past here on the on the pod is to take the time to listen and listen to yourself <laughs> and you know what don't come in hot all the time with as and as a parent it's like it's almost like magnetic i've no normal awesome people that are awesome parents that are psycho hockey parents and it's like it just kind of takes you over so that would be my biggest advice is Sometimes, you know, take a breath and step back and look at yourself and how you're parenting as far as being a a hockey parent, because you can really get lost in that. And I think listening to your son, just being a a support, really just a supporter and, and sending that positive energy to them will help them more than any other advice you could ever give them as far as how they play. Because you'll turn them off so hard if you come in hot and negative and, and, and how their game could be better, or push harder or do this or do that. They don't want to hear that from your, their parent. <laughs> they really so, don't. So it's just a matter of keeping it positive and, and sort of not trying to, I guess in, a, in some ways it sounds like you're saying don't try and coach as a parent. 100%. I really don't believe it's our job as parents and I t- use Jonah and, and, and myself as an example. I tried that right all the way through, even to when he was in the LA organization. I just, yeah, we would, when I would be the coach, I'd be the coach and teach him. But I was very aware about uh, the separation of my role as a parent. And when we would talk as, as a father-son, I really tried hard not to be that uh, critical um, critical person. He needed a support uh, person. And I, you know what? I, I moved that over into my coaching. I think a lot of that has come from that. I really do. I think the way I did it with Jonah and my other kids, I, I, I try to implement that as a coach. Okay. So we, we've touched on a couple of the names that you've worked with here. And right. I think obviously everyone's familiar with Jack Campbell. And like I said, the story there yeah. of how just really helping him more as a person and then also as a goalie was so important. You talked about Peter Budai. You mentioned you've had some other guys that have had some pretty nice runs here, like Cal, obviously, goalie of the yeah. tournament at the World Championships. Um, Michael Hutchinson sort of re- reestablishing himself in the NHL yeah. this year. Connor Hellebuck's a guy you work with, but also overseas. Some guys that you were with in the KHL, like I think Eddie Pasquale is like, see, like the goalie of the year over there yeah, right I, now. and. I, I, I just s- saw that today. Yeah, and and you see, oh, Okay, you helped me with that one. Yeah. Um, saw him in huge. the 
finals mm-hmm. at the yeah at the world championship and and Simon Hrubik like uh, any yeah. any stories or any 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 examples there of all the things we've been talking about that apply with some of those names that might but not you know, not have the same sort of household value over here right right well I here's the thing I like I said those little things I throw out there and stuff I try to keep doing that and keep that positive vibe because even if it's just a little bit like I'm not gonna uh, claim here that all these guys that I've worked with uh, you your Okinora wins silver medal I did it <laughs> or Carter Hellebach wins Vesna it's me you know like I don't claim that I, I'm the reason uh, I just try to help out and do my part to 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 help them elevate and uh, even when I'm not working with them, I do that with all of them. And, you know, I just saw today, like you said, Eddie Pasquale, it was like my first year in Winnipeg. I, I worked with him and uh, his, his career has taken a, a really crazy path. And, and I saw him when I was back over working in the K and he was on another team and we were talking and just how, how long it's been, how far he's, you know, his path. And then I, I see this, he wins goalie of the year. And uh, I just think it's awesome. You know, Simone Rubek won the KHL championship. I had him in Kunlin. Uh, but I'm just happy for all of them. I, and I think if I can do my little part to keep them elevated, I, I, I do that. Do you think it gets misconstrued? Do you think people see you congratulate these guys and, and assume <laughs> that you're trying to pat yourself on the back? I never thought of this, actually. And I'm, this is a pretty, yeah. pretty pointed question, but... Do you think yeah. pe- there are people that see that and like always patting themselves on the back and really this is just making sure that they know you're proud of them? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have no doubt that there's a, a person or two out there that would think that. Uh, I, maybe I'm trying to showcase, you know, all these guys I've worked with or anything, but uh, really doesn't concern me because um, I just want to keep doing what I do and help out and uh and i have these relationships and and people can't change that <laughs> i'll be honest though no one has ever tweeted anything or, or posted anything negatively uh about that those kinds of things but yeah maybe there's a, a person or two out there that might think that but that's not my intention <laughs> i just never heard it articulated and i just realized that there might be some people that take it the wrong way um well, there there will be <laughs> Uh, holy therapist, where can they find you? Dusty Emu. If anybody wants to reach out, whether it's some of the pros we have listening to this podcast on a weekly basis or a youth hockey, or even like you said, somebody who is still plays, um, you know, men's mm-hmm. league, but has some life advice they could use. Where, right. where would, where would they get in touch with you? The goaliethepist.com Is that the best way? That's the easiest way. Uh, if you want to start with an email, uh, you- the emails on there, go to the website, check it out and then email me. And, uh, then I usually encourage, uh, us to have a, a chat, um, whether it's zoom or just on the phone, uh, before, you know, I'm not going to offer you all these big, huge packages. If you don't feel it's the right fit and you need to feel that. And that conversation is usually what'll kind of help you, uh, figure out whether maybe I can help you. Well, then, yeah. Yeah, see, for some some of the beer leaguers, you're gonna have to tell them that they can come over to Woodley's house and check out the goalie garage with all the <laughs> all the different brands and all the different test sets that we have. So that would be yeah. like that's like the little bonus. First the ice cream and at the beach, <laughs> and then 
<laughs> and for the pros, just don't even mention that I live in the same area because the last thing these guys want to see is me in the off season. They get enough of me in the regular season. So no doubt. Okay, bud. I uh, really appreciate this. I uh, appreciate you taking the time. Third time guest on the podcast. Uh, and I'm excited to see where this goes for you with the goalie therapist and excited to see who comes through town next um, and, and who takes you up on this offer because it's an exciting one. Well, thanks so much, buddy. I really appreciate it. I do. You know what that sounded like? It sounded like uh, because Hutch mentioned uh, two buddies in White Rock uh, just hanging out. You guys were sitting on the uh, on the pier or on the rocks, just skipping stones into the ocean and just hanging out. That's what that sounded like. There you go. I I hadn't see again. Then Dusty would have to break down my technique on skipping stones, but he'd probably <laughs> be able to do it in a way that made me feel good about it, rather than you know as a failed ex-baseball player who probably can't skip it like I used to, he'd probably be able to rebuild that. The first thing he's going to do when, uh, when he has a session with you is uh, bring in a barber. That's the first thing he's going to do. I've had that mentioned to me a few times recently. Or I got to figure out this flow. It's getting a little long. It's getting a little untamed. Um, do you have an event coming up with Hockey Canada? And they do have a sort of policy. So Either I go full Roberto Luongo and slick this thing back and hide this. Yes. Or yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think Hutch is voting. That, is that a vote of, vote of uh, professionalism? I need to get rid of this shag? Well, no, no. Just I, I know part of this is a Q&A with Roberto Luongo. I think it'd be so good. So I would just like to see the look on his face if you showed up with the ha- yeah. same hairstyle. I think it'd be unbelievable. It would be a little weird that uh, I'd also be showing up with his jersey autographed from Team Canada in the background like and, and looking like him. Like That would be a little... Oh, he knows you're a fanboy. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're good. Well, I'm just it. impressed that you, you knew the answer to Hutch's question going into the feature interview about why people become goaltenders. You were like, uh, gear? A sibling uh and, and I, I, there was no way i was uh, jumping in there that was good well, it's a little bit like the end where you try and nail woody before he uploads his file <laughs> i knew he wasn't completely listening to me so i had to throw him a softball he couldn't answer uh dusty emu uh the goalie therapist uh, dot com uh that's uh, a cool thing to uh, check it out and again for professionals and for uh, those of us uh, that are uh, past uh, our primes or uh, just kids uh, playing uh, minor hockey or junior hockey. Well, and I should say, like, if you're going to do the full experience and like actually come to White Rock, like that is what he did with the prospects of the Kings. He talked about it with Jack Campbell. He talked about it with Cal Peterson. There, there are goalies that some of those names that he works with that still come back just to hang in the summer a little bit and sort of have that sort of debrief and catch up here. Um, you know, again, if you want the in goal, the in goal garage is just around the corner here, uh, just down the road. But for the professional goaltenders who, to try and hide from me in the off season, don't worry, I'll leave you alone. We open up that border. I'll be there uh, two days after. Uh, thanks guys. This has been a ton of fun. I love the, uh, the, Source for sports uh, gear segment uh, with the 5.9 from the eFlex uh, line and the source for sports exclusive. What an idea. What an ability. What uh, what a luxury to be able to lean on Cam and company and Dusty Emo the third time around uh, making some history as uh, he continues his own evolution in this uh, in this world. And now we look on to the third round. Uh, who will join Vasilevsky, Price, uh and what's going on in the uh, in the Stanley Cup semifinals? Will it be Grubauer? Will it be 
uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. We'll uh, wait and see and uh, watch with great interest. Uh, on behalf of David Hutchison, uh, Kevin Woodley, uh, Cam over at the Hockey Shop, Source for Sports Surrey, and of course, uh, Dusty Emo. I'm Darren Lyle. Thanks for listening to In Goal Radio, the podcast. 